Okay, Marnie, let's see. Um, why don't you tell me what's going on with you while we're waiting for a couple of folks to arrive? Oh, well, I'm doing a summit this week and I decided at the last minute to completely rearrange the homepage of it and, and uh, <laughs> try to uh, target it a little better. So that's what I've been doing okay. this morning. And how, what, what happened that made you want to retarget it? Well, I had, I had posted on a Facebook group, one of the uh, quotes that uh, one of yeah. the uh, people we interviewed shared and this lady just went off on me about how there are no happy marriages and all men are scum and all, and all this kind of thing. And it really got me thinking about how many women are um, very cynical about marriage. And so well, I really are cynical about it as well. Huh? Don't you think there's men who are cynical about marriage as well? Oh, probably. Yeah. I'm just sort of targeting the women here, I guess. But I mean, men are welcome to join the summit. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I used to be very cynical. If somebody started talking about it, I was like, I don't want to hear this. You know, it's like I'm stuck here. I can't, you know, it's never going to work. Um, so I've got it. I rearranged the homepage where they tell me where they are. So are you cynical and thinking this is a waste of my time? <laughs> or are you thinking, okay, I'm bored. It's stale. I'd like to make it better, but it's kind of yucky. Or are you happy, but you'd like to make it better? And yeah. then they go in three different lists and then I speak oh. to them that oh. play. Okay. So this is an exercise in list segmentation then for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's really going to irritate the poor cynical people. If I'm talking about all upbeat, happy stuff and then yeah. they're just not, they're going to tune me out. So I've got it kind of segmented out. Hopefully it'll work. Well, since, since we said we were going to talk about secrets to successful collaboration today, Let's change it around a little bit because actually the summit that you're talking about was a collaboration. I was in on the collaboration and there were probably what about 20 other uh, women business owners who were in the collaboration, Marnie? Yeah, there were 20 total counting me. Okay. So. I thought there were about 20 and the whole deal of it was, is that Marnie interviewed all of us about what has made our marriages successful and how that relates to being a successful business owner, whether it's a brick and mortar business or whether it's an online business. And then Marnie really, um, I think was savvy in the way she did this. She interviewed us and had questions that she asked, but then she broke the questions out by topic and got all of the answers about one particular topic compiled so that if you had a question about, um, I don't know what one of the questions were, Marnie, you'll have to say, but a question about a certain thing you got to see all of us who had answered or talked with Marnie about that particular topic were in one section of her um, copy on the webpage. And then she's doing a summit about that where she's going to be sharing these calls. So Marnie, you want to talk a little bit more about how that collaboration worked and what was successful for you and what was hard for you in that collaboration? Yeah, I think what was really successful is um, that there are so many really, uh, successful women who have happy marriages. You know, I wasn't sure whether I would find many of them, you know, so it, it's been fun to see that that really exists and they're more than happy to share their secrets. They're really excited to talk about it. So um, it's not some of them marriage and stuff. I think there's two of them who are actually married. No, three, three of them are actually are marriage experts. You know what I mean? That that's their work. That's but the other, that's 
Yeah, that's their their thing. Uh, the others, though, I mean, y'all are all doing different things, that, but you were, you know, more than help, happy to help and chime in, and you know, it's it's that's been really cool. Um, I think breaking it down by category like that, rather than people listening to the entire one-hour interview, one right after another, that is typically yeah. done. I'm really excited to see how that works because I think. I asked myself two questions. How can I make this where people will really listen to it? I wanted them, you know, I didn't want them to get a bunch of audios on their computer and never listen to it because there was so much good stuff. I mean, y'all had so much. I could create 10 books out of the stuff that I got out of, out of y'all. And I wanted people to be able to really digest it. So I was like, okay, how can I make this digestible? So I did it within, you're like, one to five minute audios, you know, most of them. And you can kind of pick the ones you want to listen to by subject. And so I'm excited for people to be able to actually digest the material that way. And then, um, let's see, you asked me what else? I mean, there's a lot of good well, stuff. <laughs> I, was thinking about, I wasn't thinking about the topic so much as I was thinking about the process of the collaboration and what you felt like made it work and the things that were hard for you that were that didn't work so well because it was a big collaborative project just like you and I doing this peep show is a collaborative project as well we have a certain structure that we have to work within and you know one of the things that I mean we could probably list the do's and the don'ts of many different collaborations that we've been in but for you, for this one about the marriage secrets and women entrepreneurs, were there things where you set up a structure where you would do it differently a next time? Or was it pretty just I know that our audience will want to know what if I'm going to set up a collaboration, what do I need to look for? What are the do's and the don'ts? OK, OK, so back up to the collaboration more than the actual project. OK. Um well, I've done so many of these that it's ran really smoothly. Um, okay. I, I really didn't hit any big snags. I mean, I asked 21 women, two of them ended up not being, I mean, they just kind of fizzled. Um, yeah. uh, but other than that, I mean, I thought that was great that 19 yeah. of you, yeah. out of 21, really good. Um, the promotional part is always tricky. Um, you have to make it as easy as possible for them to share the materials and some people are going to do it and some people aren't, you know, right. and you can't just get all wigged out if people don't follow through. Uh, and it's still yet to be seen on this project, how well everybody follows through. I'm trying to make it really simple. So, I mean, if you're going to do a collaborative thing where everybody's going to promote, um, just put it all on one page, the tweets, the Facebook posts, the, emails, everything, just make it be like, okay, here it is. Go grab it. Uh -huh. um, Which makes it easy from my standpoint as someone who was one of the collaborators, it made it real easy to go into your page where you had all the promotional copy where I could just cut and paste and then add my own touch to an email that I wanted to send out to my list to let people know I had been a part of this and that they were welcome to listen because it's no cost to listen or to set up some social media blast, you know, on Twitter or whatever. So it made it easy for me. I think you've hit a key point. Um, you know, when I do collaborations with people, I kind of want to look at their track record a little bit. If it's somebody who's never done a collaboration before, I want to be really clear about 
what their expectations are for it and what my expectations are for it. Because the whole point of collaboration is to build publicity and visibility. So if you have somebody who says they want to be a part of everything that comes down the pipe, but then you notice online that they're not promoting very much, well, then you kind of know that they're not going to be a good person to cross promote and collaborate with you because they're not going to hold up their end of the bargain. And uh, I know people try to put a lot of structure in place in order to prevent that. People will ask you about list size, which I think is stupid. Don't even get me started about that. Um, or they will, they will say, you know, you have to promote so many times. And what they're trying to do is say to you, the person they're offering the opportunity to, you've got to pay, you've got to do your part of the bargain. I'm going to interview you. I'm going to do a website. Probably I'm going to do a whole bunch of social media. I'm going to, maybe I'm going to do a Facebook ad to try to get this collaboration out there, whether it's a telesummit or a book or whatever it is. And you have to do your part of it as well. So as, as Marnie said, there are always some people who fizzle. So one point I would make in setting up a collaboration is do a little bit more than uh, get, let a little bit more, a little, a few more people into the collaborative effort than you think you're going to need because inevitably a couple of people will fizzle out. So that's one thing. So, and Marnie, I don't know what else can you think about, but I think you did a great job of putting together. Here's where you go to get all the promotional stuff. Yeah, and the Facebook group really helps with collaborative. Um, if I were to rely only on email to send out, um, here's what I think. Okay, this is just my theory, and it's borne out through different projects that I've done. Is yeah. I'm not really a high-demand orchestrator of collaborations. I ask people, if you can send to your list, great. If you can do social media as much as possible, it really help. It'll help us all get the exposure we need. But I don't put a list of you got to do this, 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 this. What I do instead is I try to create community amongst the collaborators so they get to know each other, they like each other, they uh -huh. want to promote each other. I pull out all the stops I possibly can to promote them, and they feel within them that they need to contribute. They they want to contribute from right. a place of this is a great group and I'm proud to, you know, promote this. So I and come at it more from that angle than with stipulations. Yeah. And they don't want to be seen as someone who doesn't do their part, you know, because other people in the group will notice it. So for instance, one thing that I think was a great collaborative um, benefit to us in this particular collaboration, Marnie, was you did, you did put together a Facebook group so we could talk to each other and get to know who each other was. And, you know, being the online community, I already knew some of the players, but I didn't know all the players. So it gave me an opportunity to network and meet new people around this particular effort. I've been in a lot of collaborative efforts where there's not really a sense of community. I can look at the list of who else is going to play. And um, sometimes I know people and sometimes I don't at all that I have to make my decision and then I don't really get the opportunity to network and get to know those people if there's not some kind of a forum like a Facebook page that's thrown up temporarily for us to, you know, get to know each other and talk back and forth about the project. And I don't know, I guess I'm thinking also about um, 
we probably ought to talk about collaborations that are cross-promotional opportunities or that are joint ventures when it's just you and one other person, the way that you and I do the peep show, for instance. Um, for me, that needs a little bit more structure, especially if you're going to monetize this, which why would you do a collaboration if it's not going to make you money in the end? You have to really think about what are you going to bring to the table? What is the other person going to bring to the table? What are you going to do together? What are you specifically not going to do together? And what happens when one or both of you want to end it? Make it as easy to get out of as it was to get into. Um, because in the online world, a lot of things are done on a handshake. But if money is involved, to me, you need to have a written agreement. So I just wanted to put that out there. And Marnie, I don't know what you would have to say. I mean, you and I work pretty loosely together and probably more loosely than we should. But on the other hand, we haven't yet monetized the peep show through putting together a workshop together or something. If we were to do that, I think we would need to set up uh, the collaboration a little bit more specifically. And in fact, I think you learned that out in Utah because we were talking about that on another show. I just, it just, it just hit me. Remember that? When you were doing the workshop out in Utah and you were saying. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, talk about that a little bit, people. That's a, that'll be a good story for people. And thank yeah. you guys for the. We appreciate your clapping your hands for us. That's great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Um, when you're going to do a collaboration like that with two people working on it, you need to not make assumptions. So, like, I can't even remember all the details of that situation, but we made a lot of assumptions. You know, she was assuming things, I was assuming things, but we never really talked about the, the nitty gritty details. And it caused a little bit of a rift temporarily, but we're such good friends, we figured out how to work it out. Um, one thing that kind of came to my mind is I was talking about, you were talking about the peep show and how we kind of do it loosely. I, I went through a few hard months of being really, out of it, you know, and to still do this peep show, I, I did it from a commitment level and you were kind enough not to say, Marty, you're dragging your feet. What's wrong with you? you know? But um, I think, I mean, you communicated to me, Hey, you're not really in this. And I was like, Oh, okay, well it's this health issue and this is whatever, you know, I think you have to keep the communication open and not, I mean, I've heard people say, you know, they'll be in a collaborative thing with somebody and the one person will just disappear and they yeah. don't, they don't say why, or they just kind of check out and yeah, they're going through a lot of stress, but you need to verbalize that to the other person that, Hey, you know, this is why I'm checked out. You know, this is what's going on. So um, I think that brings up the point of when you're doing their short-term collaborations where it's really more formal, you get your deal done you split out the money or whatever the deal is, and then that's it, you're done. And then there's more long-term collaborations like Marnie and I have been doing this peep show. And I think we've done this now for over a year, haven't we, Marnie? Or just about a, over a year, right? I over, yeah, I think it's over yeah, a year. I think it's over a year. So, um, and we, we knew each other before that through having met at uh, the NAMS conference back years ago. So I do agree when you set up something that is a collaboration or a cross promotion or a joint venture, um, you have to really, um, Bill, can you unplug that please? Uh, Bill decided to run the coffee pot. <laughs> I think probably the, I think probably it's picking up on the microphone. Um, 
So sorry about that. It sounds like a dog burping, but it's not a dog burping. It's Bill's coffee pot. <laughs> um, so anyway, what was I? Oh, I know. Uh, you have to really expect that their business is going to change and your business is going to change. And therefore, you know, things are going to switch around and maybe something that worked really well for a number of months isn't going to work real well for a while, or maybe it's time to end it. And that's why I say don't ever get into an agreement with someone where it's harder to get out of the agreement than it was to get into the agreement. Always build that into your agreements. And, my, and Bill, who is a contract negotiator, it's what he does for a living, um, he always says, make your agreements easy to get out of because when you went on of them, you want out of them. You don't want to get into some big legal long drawn out hassle. And so, you know, kind of have that prenuptial agreement, if you will, how you're going to make it unwork just like you've worked so hard to make it work. Um, and, you know, if anybody has questions, we would be glad to take them. Put a slash Q in before your question. It'll pop over here in the question box. And thank you, everyone, for having joined us. Okay, Marnie, back to you now that well, the coffee pops. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, what you were talking about, uh, make it like a contract easy to get in and out of. Years ago, yeah. I used to do partnerships, legal partnerships where you have to do partnership tax returns and all this stuff. And after doing a couple of those and <laughs> having to phase those things out, I don't yeah. do them anymore. Uh, these yeah. joint ventures where you just do stuff kind of maybe loosely or maybe have a written who's doing what or whatever uh, without getting it all legal tied up in a partnership. I like them a lot better. I just don't like all that red yeah. tape of the other. How, how I like to work it is if it's something that we're going to monetize, like if you and I decided to do a workshop, which we've actually been saying for six months now we were going to do, um, I like to do just a written, what I call a letter agreement, which is just a one. This is what you agree to do. This is what I agree to do. This is what we agree to do. If we get into a bother about it, we agree that we're going to sit down and talk about it like adults so that it's not some big, huge legal thing, but we do have something written that we can refer to if tempers flare or if feelings get hurt. And to me that protects also not only the business endeavor, but the friendship, because many times when I'm working with somebody in collaboration, I have been their online buddy for years and years and years. So that friendship is important to me as well as the work and the collaborative part is important to me. And I want to be able to protect both of those. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Okay. What else about the do's and don'ts and how to make it work for collaboration or cross promotion or joint ventures? I, I mean, I you go ahead if you have something to say because I I will um, I can hold forth about something else if you're if you're waiting on a thought, Marnie. Oh, wait a minute, we have somebody calling in, so I will put them there. I think I've just. Hello, I don't know. My name is Sue, and who are you, Roth Sales Enhancers? Hello. Do you have a question for us? Hello. Hi, Sue. I'm Norm Roth. How are you? I'm fine, Norm. How are you? And this Good. is my co-host, Marnie Marcus. Hi, Marnie. How are you? Hi. <laughs> Did you, you know, have a it's question? It's an interesting discussion you're having. Uh, I happen to own a uh, management consulting and sales training company uh, globally. And on my website, I bring in strategic partners and I'll bring those strategic partners in 
to assist with my clients in areas that I don't have the expertise that they do. There's no financial remuneration to me at all. They can build a client and take the dollars, et cetera. We also do a lot of joint seminars together around the country. And uh, once again, I'll bring them in. We'll have panel discussions. We'll do workshops. We collaborate extremely well and we bring uh, a lot to the party for each other, but there's absolutely yeah. no formal contractual agreement whatsoever. And it's worked very, very well now for the last six years. Yeah, that's interesting to know that it's worked well and have, you have had prior knowledge of each other, I'm assuming ahead of time, or you wouldn't have brought this Absolutely. to the table. Yeah, and I think, I think sure. that prior knowledge is something that really makes a difference. Um, just like I was saying earlier, when Marnie and I have prior knowledge of each other too, but for me personally, if it's going to end up being um, something that has to do with a financial obligation or a financial income, either an expense or an income, then I'm going to want that spelled out. And just because I want to protect my corporation and my business and so forth. Um, I'm so glad that you joined us and brought up that point. And I'm glad to see that you have developed a model that will work really well and provide a lot of value for the people who are in the room. That's a great thing. Um, and we have, Marnie, we have a question from Laura and she talks about, can you talk about meshing personalities or how long to give it to know if your personalities will work well together? And thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, I was just gonna, you can, you can actually have people take a test <laughs> to, to decide what kind of personality type they are. You know, um, I'm a big follower of Lisa Ray Preston's step into destiny work. And so I've kind of learned how to identify people pretty fast um, based on their four connecting styles. They'll usually have a primary and a secondary. And that helps me know what I'm dealing with. And it's really, yeah. if you're, build a full fleshed out team, you really need all four styles, but you're also going to have to know how to speak to those four styles. Yeah. Um, I tend to pick the people that are a little bit more like me. Um, like for example, um, I'm a potential empathy and I would say Sue is a potential truth. So um, Sue is more of a logical head connector. She's going to get the details and think through the logic of something better than I would, where I'm going to go on an emotional gut feeling a little bit more probably. Um, but that we're both potential. So we're both very creative. We're thinking outside the box. We're trying to, to create things all the time. And so we work well together. I, I do find with people that are, um, of that creative type, where if I were to work with someone of my polar opposite um, type, that's more, let's just do it the way it's always be, been done. And let's go with the sure, steady way of doing things. And let's don't rock the boat. I, I'll clash with somebody like that. So I just. Yeah, I, yeah I agree. And how about you when you have, when you bring in your panel of people, do you feel like um, what happens if one of them seems to kind of have a personality clash with the other, or have you been doing it for so long that that just never happens? No, I mean, I like diverse personalities. I think because each personality brings something 
different to the table. And I don't mind if there's an agreement, a disagreement. In fact, during panel discussions or during seminars or workshops, we've really, we've, we've really had some uh, disagreements, shall yeah. we say, or difference of opinions. But I think that's important because, uh, you know, sometimes we get too close to things ourselves. Yeah. And we need somebody to turn on the light bulb and say, whoa, wait a minute, take a look at a different way of doing something. And I think that's really, really important. But it's it may be a disagreement and thought process, but it's never a disagreement uh, that lends to harsh personalities yeah. where we never talk to each other again. Right. I, I just think that's important. Yeah, I do too. And I was just go and thank you for that answer and for adding that. Laura, the, you asked the question about meshing personalities. And there's a diff, you know, differences of opinion and different backgrounds bring different expertise to bear at the table. And I think that's a good thing, as Marnie said. And your style can be a little bit different as well. However, um, if I have somebody who I have begun working with and I sense that there is um, an arrogant personality or of someone who takes everything very personal or has to have everything their own way, then I'm going to get them out of there. I'm not going to like that at all. But it doesn't work with my work style. It's not really a collaborative work style. So you have to kind of watch those personalities and not be overwhelmed or um, controlled by them. And it, so and now somebody asked, I'm going to take this question away and put another one up here. Uh, Marnie, someone asked, um, how does your classification compare to the disc style? And that's what you were talking about a little bit ago, Marnie. So can you hold forth about that? Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a direct correlation on it, but um, let's see. I'm trying to remember. There's, it's like dominant influencers. Is the S more social? Is that what the S is? I forget. And then the C is uh, critical thinking control kind of thing. And that what disc is. It's been a while since I've done that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah um, the the truths are tend to be more critical thinking um, in comparison when you with step it's service, truth, empathy, potential. So your truths are usually more logical head connectors. E empathies are your heart connectors. They got kind of got their heart out on their sleeve kind of people. And then uh, these services are more doers. They're about action. Let's get it done. Let's make it happen. Let's do it the way it's always been done. And, and let's just make it happen. And where the potentials are creative and they're forward thinking and trying to, um, you know, think outside the box of some new way of doing it. So I'm not sure that there's an exact correlation with this, but there are similar similarities. Um, the, um, the anagram, the Enneagram. Yeah, that one. I think that one's the one that Myers-Briggs, sorry, Myers-Briggs, there's, I could probably talk a little yeah. bit more intelligently, however it overlays on step, but that's we've a whole said, Yeah, <laughs> we've kind of said, we're going to have to end because we're almost at the end of our half hour, but we've kind of segued over into personality types and testing. And you certainly can use that if you've got a big collaboration going on. I'm like Marnie though. I tend to trust my gut. I also tend to look and vet the expertise of the person I want to do something with collaboratively. 
And honestly, you have to think about that in everything because, you know, I consult with small business owners all around the world and Marnie works with business owners from everywhere as well. You have to think about who do you work well with, because really you are going to work collaboratively with them, even if you're working for them. If they're hiring you to help them get out of a bad spot or develop a marketing plan or whatever their stuck place is. So that kind of you have to always think about who can you work well with. I don't take clients where I know they have an abrasive and domineering personality style because I know they're not going to be willing to listen to my expertise and they're wasting their money and it frustrates me. So you have to think about those kinds of things. So yes. um, Marnie, do you have any other things to add? And thank you so much for joining us. It's good to know you and I hope we'll see you again. Thank you so thank much you. for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. It's good to have you here. Marnie, what else? Anything else before we end? I was going to say, if people are always complaining about other people that they've worked with in the past, that's generally an indicator that I'm probably not going <laughs> to. I mean, if nobody can ever satisfy them, yeah. I'm not going to be able to satisfy them. I know right. it. So <laughs> it's like, that's right. usually my, whether it's a client or a collaborator or whatever, if they've got nothing good to say about people in the past, that's usually my indicator to go in the other direction. <laughs> so. Um. So we appreciate everybody who has joined us today and we'll be back next week. And Marnie, I don't know if we have set our, our schedule for next week. So we'll have to do that and I'll post it and send it out to people. If you want to always know about um, when we're when the peep show is going to be on, it varies from week to week because of our work schedule and our travel schedules. But we will, uh, we will be happy to send you um, a little email and say, here's what we're going to be next week. Here's what we're going to be talking about. You can go to confidentmarketer.com slash peep show, P-E-E-P show, peep show, and you can leave your name and your email address, and we'll be happy to let you know when these take place. Otherwise, you can follow Marnie and me on Blab, and you'll be notified when they take place. Um, we appreciate your joining us. We appreciate all the props that you gave us today. It's been a pleasure to be here. And until next week, bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.